Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. All right. Thanks for joining us again, guys. We have a really exciting interview. So hi, Samantha. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm so excited to have our friend Anna Canone on. And Anna, Christian just met Anna, but Anna and I met at a wedding a few years ago. And you know when you meet people and you just have that immediate connection, and then even though like we've never seen each other in real life again, we follow each other on Instagram. And if I saw you tomorrow, we could just like have coffee and it would be like I see you all the time. So that's who and like how Anna feels to me. So I'm hoping you guys get to have a little taste of how she is as well. What's up, y'all? Yeah, Samantha, it's like one of those things where you pick up where you left off. And I'm really excited to be with you guys today. It is such an honor and a pleasure to share a little bit about who I am with such amazing humans. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. A lot of times we can talk about hard things and hard life circumstances. And sometimes in the holiday time, that can feel like even heavier. And I feel like the way that you have walked through and dealt with your hard circumstances, or not just dealt with, but the perspective you have gained, not taking away from the hardness of those things, is something that everyone can benefit from. So maybe you're not someone that has like a really hard health issue or something that, you know, can seem like really heavy in life. But I hope that what you share today can help anyone with hard things they're going through. So we're excited to talk to you. Yeah. So just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you're up to, where you live, hobbies, all those things. Yeah. So they introduced me, Anna Canone. A lot of my friends call me AC or just or Canole. Or cannoli. That. cannoli. <laughs> Might be Italian, who knows? So I'm from Columbus, Ohio, born and raised, go Buckeyes. But I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. I've lived there for nine years on and off. I went to undergraduate there at Lipscomb University. I then pursued where I am now, which is physician assistant school. So I'm going to grad school in Nashville and I'm going to be hopefully a PA coming to you soon in 2023. And in just a few days, Yes, really. 26 days, guys. Yeah. We are counting. Yeah. <laughs> we are counting. excited for you. That That's has right. to feel like such a relief. Yeah, it's this weird, I mean, this weird tension of like, I have senioritis, but I know I got to push through because, I mean, no one else is taking my board, so. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a lot of girls listening that really relate to that feeling of like, okay, like I'm out of grad school or I'm out, even if you're about to graduate college, it's like, okay, I'm excited, but also like, crap, now I really have to be an adult. Like if you go to grad school or any kind of like med school or secondary, whatever, you really get to like milk that a bit longer. Cause yes, I don't want to discredit. I'm sure it's been like such a hard time, but it's also like, you still have a little bit of the excuse of being like, well, I'm just like a broke college student. And like, my mom like needs to pamper me when I come home for break. Like there's still that, like you still have And I'm like, 10 years out of school. Oh, yeah. 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 So (laughs) that's awesome. We're excited for you. And I'm just excited for you to share your story. So will you kind of just to jump in, you shared a little bit about yourself. We were talking about earlier, you're 27 years old, about to turn 28 this Friday. Happy early birthday. And for someone who (laughs) is this young, you just have a lot of wisdom to share. And so would you just jump in and kind of start talking about your childhood and what your health has looked like over the years and just like update us on where you are now in life with that. Yeah, I can't believe 
I'm at the curve of the late 20s, first of all. But second of all, I think that it's really unique spot to be able to speak into young kids' lives and middle age and a little bit older now that I, you know, have had a slew of 12 months of clinicals of meeting every age under the sun, 102 years old to two days old. So I think a huge part of my story and how I got to where I am today is obviously the path of medicine, whether it's been personal or professional. I have this fun dichotomy now where I can sit with a patient and say, I empathize with you. I know what you're feeling. I hear what you're saying and I see you. And the reason that I feel like I have a little bit of credit to say that is because I, at the age of two, was diagnosed with this rare bone disease called fibrous dysplasia. I've met maybe two or three people in the whole world with this rare bone disease. And I, for as long as I can remember, have dealt with a physical suffering of pain, bone pain at the age of seven. So I've been on chemotherapy medications. I'll keep it short and sweet from the age of two until 27. Maybe I've gone two or three years without chemo in that whole span. At the age of seven, I was had my first brain surgery. I've had nine brain optic ENT nerve decompression surgeries ever since. A huge part of going through this journey has been, you know, standing firm in my parents speaking a lot of truth into me. I'm fortunate to grow up in a faith-based household, but I would be lying to tell you that my parents weren't even challenged by asking who God was and us having these, not extremely deep, but, you know, why do bad things happen to good people discussions from a really early age? I think I felt this overwhelming sense of peace, which I've now grown to learn as the Holy Spirit at age seven, when he was just like, feels like a warm hug around me. It's going to be okay. Kind of feeling. In one of my earliest memories of looking at white walls around me, kind of not realizing like, you might not wake up from this, Anna, you might not be able to see because you've been told you're going blind in both eyes. So just a really special front seat into being a patient from the earliest age I can remember. I remember coming in and what I wrote my essay and what I tell a lot of patients on is I learned how to play the game of life. Literally the board game of life is spin the thing with all the different colors from another patient pediatric oncology patient who did not have as good a prognosis. And we played that game of board game of life, just me and her. And 20 some odd years later, I still think about how God used that to give me the perspective that we're all playing the game of life. You don't know what you're going to spin on that wheel. You don't know what card you're going to turn. You don't even know how many people are going to be in the passenger of the vehicle that you're riding in. But either way, you're going to be on some path. And it's going to have a lot of twists and turns along the way. I just want that to like sink in with us all because even as you talk, I got to hear a bit of your story earlier this week before we got on here. And I just, I'm in awe of your perspective. I'm in awe of how obviously the Holy Spirit has just surrounded you in your life to give you such a perspective where you can say, yes, like I was given this life that like sucks. Like, let's just be honest about it. It's not good. It's not fun. It's painful, like physically, mentally, all these things. It's hard, but you have chosen and God has blessed you with this perspective of like, no, but I have purpose in this for you. And it is like, I mean, I'm physically like listening to your story. It is like, makes me in awe because you have wisdom beyond your years. And obviously God's using you 
to share that with other people and be light for him. Yeah, I remember when I met you, you know, we just were like, oh, we've both grown up in hospitals since two, three for me. And it's so interesting when you talk about the friend, you know, playing the game. Yeah, that's something that I've had to kind of understand and unpack more as I've become an adult. And it is so interesting that I think in a way, like children have this innocence that I remember like a friend of mine recently who is going through like really unthinkable things with one of her children who is battling cancer. You know, she was like, how did your parents, you know, our other kids and he himself kind of asking the questions like, why do good things happen to bad people? And why couldn't God just step in and take this away? And she was like, how did your parents explain that to you? And like, how did they talk to you about that? And I had to call my mom because I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know. But I said the same thing. I was like, I always just felt this peace. And it's interesting how as children, like, I mean, I definitely think that's from God. It's like, sometimes as kids, we don't need as many of the answers that as adults, obviously, as our brains grow and we understand more. And I think we also become more cynical and we also have to hear more. We have to have kind of like answers to things. And going back to that friend, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but sometimes it's like, okay, suffering, whatever degree that is still in a physical body. It's like, I lost a lot of friends, just like I'm sure you've met people who have had different prognosis. And it's kind of like, It's so interesting how each person has a specific path with different levels of suffering. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, but right now I'm living like I'm still living. And so like to have a lot of pain and suffering, I don't know if you can relate to this, but it's like it still gives you a perspective of like, okay, there are people who didn't get to live at this point or whatever point. I don't know. Does that resonate at all? Absolutely. I think that in my world, I think that pain has preceded purpose. So pain precedes purpose, first of all. I also think that pain drives purpose. Pain gives a platform for purpose. And you can't have pain without suffering. But you have to recognize that you're suffering when you're in pain. Pain is like a feeling, like I am, whether it's physical, mental, emotional pain, but it comes from this, I guess, verb of suffering. You know, your body, for me, I can only speak from, I mean, of course, I've dealt with like the troubles of, we all have experienced a little bit of anxiety and depression and emotional side of suffering. Everyone did in the pandemic, am I right? But, you know, there is this side of, for me, my bone disease causes physical pain daily, whether it's on a scale of three out of 10, three dull, 10 worst I've ever had, you know, I battle that daily. I'd be lying to say I wasn't. A side effect from my chemo is that my feet have stress fractures. I've had stress fractures the entire duration of PA school. My friends in PA school don't know me without a walking boot because I just, I break really easily. And so this relationship between being fragile physically, but knowing that there's also this aspect of understanding that like the suffering even though you may not get all the answers and you may not have an understanding 100% why you're going through what you're going through, it can be used. I promise you it can be used. A huge reason that I, and we've talked about this a little bit before, is why I got into the field of medicine is because my father is a doctor here in Columbus, Ohio. And I grew up with a dad who was the same upstanding God-fearing man at the side of a patient's hospital bed and in my household. I was really blessed to have that to look up to as a role model, an example of how to treat people in and outside of your workplace. But 
he's a bone doctor and he can't even fix his daughter with a bone disease. I'm the firstborn in my family. He was finishing his in training residency. And I didn't hear this story until I was a senior in college when we were out to dinner with some of his fellow doctors. And he's telling them how it kind of got brought up along the way that, you know, he went in to see a patient and he got a little bit slap on the back of his hand. The only time he got like really in trouble was not briefing this patient on their disease. And within a year or so later, I was diagnosed with that same disease that is so rare. I think I said earlier, I think I've met maybe one or two people in the whole world with this disease. So fibrous dysplasia and my dad experiencing that in his medical training, I just think is in and of itself the hand of God. And then for me to hear that story at 18 years of age, sometimes you look back on it and you're like, that's why I went through then to go and to be able to stand firm on what I believe now or what I want to speak truth or encouragement into somebody else. Doesn't make it easy. Doesn't make it any lighter than those hard topics that we walk through. But I can sure as heck bet my money and I don't have any right now <laughs> that it is, it rides on knowing that you gotta believe there's hope to speak life into somebody else's story. Cause we all are suffering and under some sort of scars of pain throughout our life. It's just whether you experience this from a young age, middle age, or God forbid, old age. I don't wish it upon anyone, but God gives us scars to be able to tell stories about. People don't just look at scars and are like, oh, that's a cool looking battle wound. They're like, oh, what happened to you? Oh, do you care if I ask you like what happened? And it presents itself as an opportunity for you to open up. I mean, you can get as shallow or as deep as you want, but I think that he gives us really tangible ways to sit with another person and say, you look a lot different than me, but on the inside, I think we share this deep aching hurt of things we've walked through together. I love that because I recently actually heard something and it was just talking about this was specifically talking about parenting as Christians. But I think it's so true to even what you're talking about here is that our job as Christians is to literally bring glory to God in all that we do and say. And in that way, you obviously have like physical scars that you are able to showcase. But like our job as Christians is to go back and forth from God like 150 times a day saying like, hey, what do you need from me here? What do you need from me here? What should I say here? And I think that's such a cool and unique perspective that you have that like I get the opportunity that's actually maybe easier for me to talk about what God has done in my life than maybe someone like, you know, your story seems really big, but like we have all of these opportunities to do this even if you think like, oh gosh, like I don't have any of those opportunities. And it's like, no, you do. Like, let's all pause and think about those ways that God is showing up and asking you to say like, hey, how can you point it back to me? How can you point this moment, this person, this situation, just your conversation, what you're thinking about, all these things back to God himself, which is really, really awesome. I want to ask a question if you're okay with it, but obviously there's been tons of hardships in your life. Walk us through like, what are those hardships that you come, like what's a day in a life of you look like? What are those hardships that come up over and over again? And like, how do you actually battle those? Like what truth are you placing in front of those things that you think or feel or just beat you down? What does the truth look like there? Yeah. One of my patients told me this last week. She goes, she's a therapist and she's like, you know, I love Jesus, but sometimes I cuss a little. And I'm like, I think that is the exact picture of like, you just being a a real human. You know, I think that for me, it's like a direct, my relationship with God and, and communication with 
other people about who God is to me and living out of faith is he's a friend. I'm like, Hey dude, like I need help. <laughs> like just talking to him like he's a friend. There's no scripted language of how you got to approach your heavenly father, the man who created you, who knew you before you knew you, who wants the best for you more than your immediate, your spouse, your people, your circle, your world that you live in. And so the truth that I always kind of come back and resonate with is that the Lord, it's the Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is be still. There's nothing that you can do and that you're exempt from that God hasn't already thought about and wants for you. I mean, he's fighting, fought for you before you've even birthed. And just the power of that wrecks me a little bit because I, I, I'm big, find God in nature a lot. When I feel really small, I just experience this overwhelming sense of peace again, that I'm just wrapped in the presence of something so much bigger than me. And we view sometimes life as it's so hard. Like it's, we're selfish humans. We talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. We have this dialogue going in in our head all the time. And it's between you and you. And so when you instead switch it and be like between you and God, he starts to change this awareness in you and you start to look up instead of looking out at yourselves. And so to answer like some direct hardships back to like the question of what I deal with that's been tough is I'm 27 and I'm single. I'm 27 and I deal with this really big medical disease that for me sometimes feels like I'm looking in the mirror and I see all these physical ailments about me. And my best friends in the world, a majority of them are all married and have babies. And I love that for them. I, I've been also blessed with an amazing support group in my life and so excited. It's been a joy to see them walk through getting to love their partners. And, but I would love that too. And so I struggle with this, like as a female, sometimes not feeling like I'm pretty enough. Or I need to work out hard enough to look a certain way to get attention in this way. And I think the devil uses that to kind of bring down my self-confidence to what I actually think I have this confidence in me to be like, no, it doesn't matter what I look like. You know, you wrestle with it. So I started praying in the mirror every day. Simple prayer of like, God, help me see me the way that you see me. Because we are our worst inner critic, right? And so every girl, I think, struggles with a little bit of self-confidence on some sort of level social media does a really good job at putting the filters on skin hair and nails and sometimes even words and i think the other hardship of that is like when am i going to feel normal and what even is normal i think after 25 i realized like there's this cookie cutter narrative that you see especially in the christian world you grow up you go to college you get married and you have kids in the christian world Sorry if I'm being crass. I think that's how they present it. There's a lot of topics they don't talk about. There's a lot of not pretty past that they don't share on screen. And I think that instead they need to do a better job about saying, hey, you might be financially unstable when you first walk into your real adult life. Hey, you might break down and cry and be emotionally unstable. And someone has to meet you in those places. Or, hey, you are walking through, you know, mine's not technically cancer. It's a benign bone disease that I deal with. But who's at the other end sitting at the table, sitting there just being like, you know, this sucks. Like, this is hard stuff. 
And so those are some difficult moments when I have to reckon with like physically I'm in pain, I, the stress fractures, the being single, the being in school, not having to do all of those things. But then to be honest, y'all, like I think that also comes to play with like again, everybody has to deal with hard things. I'm I'm not the only person walking through something alone. So when I make it less about me and realize that and why I'm sharing this so openly is because I want everyone to know that listens to this, like you're not alone. Like mine is a unique specific medical diagnosis, but that doesn't make my friend that's walking through divorce, her heart any less painful because divorce is a lot more common than fibrous dysplasia, but it doesn't make it less painful. There's no scale of competing levels of, Hey, I didn't think I'd be a divorced friend at 29, you know? And, and I've had the pleasure of sitting with her and being like, I'm here to tell you that if you're going to get through this, it's okay, but it sucks. Hmm. I was going to ask you, and you kind of just answered it going back to earlier, you seem like such an empathetic person. And I love how you talk about hardship being on different scales for people. And sometimes there are things like the friend I was talking about earlier, where it's like, no, like right now it like is worse for you. And when someone right now wants to complain about their kid having a common cold and being at the doctor a lot and her, you know, son is fighting really scary illness. It's like, no, actually, you need to shut up because like right now to her, that feels like really heavy. And I feel like I've had that feeling and I'm listening to you speak. And is that something that you've had to grow in is having that empathy for others that way? Or do you still struggle with that sometimes of being like, hey, I really wish you wouldn't complain about that. Like you don't understand how great you have it or like how, how have you gotten to that place? Oh, girl, that's taken a lot of work. I think I've been given an ability to be deeply empathetic, but my sympathetic card is a little bit less, you know, that tanks a little bit less full. Like complainers are maybe hard for you, I would feel like, like, hey, quit complaining (laughs) about. Yeah, like I'm thinking of your coworkers, if they were to complain about like working long shifts and their feet hurting where you're like, really? (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of them don't even really know because I'm right now I've only been at a rotation every six weeks. So my life changes every six weeks over the past 12 months. And so you get little slivers into a big pizza of people's lives. And especially on, I mean, chemo is so hard when I am coming out both ends gross. And I'm like trying to go to this clinical and show up and be like, all right, just like get through the day, can like, you know, one patient at a time. And yeah, patients are sitting on the other side of me, like, talking about just things that are sometimes somewhat trivial you put on a good poker face in the room but you know sometimes I do give a simple blanket statement of just simply this I say this more times than I'd like to admit I'm like you have breath in your lungs you got up this morning you get to be here today and so your emotional half-life of everything that heightens your emotions is 90 seconds it's like your breath in your lungs you need to breathe through it and once you breathe through it, you come back and realize that I'm still here. I'm still alive. I can keep going. I like that. I like that answer about like the empathy versus sympathy because there is a difference. And I like how you distinguish that because I'm sure there's moments where you want to like punch someone in the face if we're being honest. So, <laughs> yeah, because I have to do it. I have to be like, all right, empathy versus sympathy. Like mentally, I've been like, I need to separate those. So, yeah. 
Okay, you have a really cool story that I want you to tell about this kind of like symbol of a bike and this phrase of keep going. I love this about your story and just like will you share the story of how that became kind of like your, what do you call that? Your like life tagline, just like life motto. Yeah, I call it my little, my life motto. Yeah, if you, if you know anything about me in the past five years, I was told when I graduated college in 2017 that I needed all my friends got jobs and I found I needed another brain surgery. So in that July, I was at the doctor, found out this news. And one of my happy things to do is go cook. When I find out bad news, I'm Italian. So we go to the kitchen. You're like, the it. Whole cook your feelings. Yeah. Whole foods. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm in a whole, whole paycheck and I look up and there's a whole kind of mural of bikes on the wall. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, those are so cute. Like kind of what do you think is off Etsy? So I'm just like, oh, can I buy one? So I took a picture and it was a bike and it said, keep going. And, you know, the grocery line clerk is like, those aren't for sale, girl. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, well, let's save it for another day. I'll find it on Etsy or Pinterest. And I kind of just, of course, it just slips by. You put in your camera roll. I never looked at it again. And I went to Nashville two weeks later to get all my things for getting ready for surgery, saw some of my friends I wanted to see, met with one of my dearest life mentors and favorite professors from college. And she was like, hey, I have something for you. My daughter painted it. And she was like, God just told me to buy this for you two weeks ago from her art sale. I just want you to have it. But I want to open it with you right here. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I open it and it was a beautiful painting of a red bike with a flower basket on top of it and it said keep going different city different months no one had any idea that the keep going bike was on my phone I mean I about fell off the chair I just immediately start crying and she's looking at me like are you okay do you like it <laughs> do you I hate it do you like picture. it what are these tears yeah. I pulled the picture and she's just so amazing she's like the Holy Spirit's been watching out for you all along, Anna. She's like, God's got you. She's like, this next surgery is covered. Your future is covered. The Spirit of God is just going to... She's like, this is your this is your life motto. And transcending kind of from that day. So that's just been on next to my bed. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people, places, and things where I've gone where this red bike, keep going, has not always been there. But the red bike with the basket, it's like different cities. I've been in Canada. I've been in Guatemala. I've been back in Nashville, different churches, back in Columbus, back in the one that also sticks out to me like a sore thumb is when I started my clinical trial in National Institute of Health right before PA school, three months before PA school. My mom and I are starving. We drove six and a half hours. We're like, we need to get Fargo check into the hospital. Pull into eat at this restaurant and I walk in and to the left is a big mural like as big as a wall of a red bike with a bouquet of flowers on it. My jaw hit the floor. I look at my mom and she was just like, I mean, we just put this random restaurant right down to the hospital. And like, even if you don't believe in Jesus, you gotta believe that like, you gotta, I mean, I'm like, if you don't believe God's real night, now you know. Yeah. 
And he cares about details like that. And sometimes like those small things, it's like, you know, we can look at the Bible and the Old Testament and see miracles. And I've heard people say like, well, it'd be easier for me to believe if like I could see something. And I always get like, did I hear this in a sermon last week or did I read this in a Bible study? But talking about how I think it was in Peter, it's like he was this a sermon where it's talking about how a lot of people say like, well, if I could see it, I could believe. And he basically says like, no, actually, blessed are those who can believe without seeing. And I think that's interesting because God does give us little glimpses of things. And sometimes we want to like write them off as this or that. But those kind of things can also like perpetuate a lot of hope and just like keep you going. Like you were about to walk. I remember that time just for your Instagram and checking in on you a few times. I mean, like, I don't know if we're thinking through this, like you've had brain surgeries. Like I'm sure those are moments where like, even if it's common for you to be in hospitals and getting really intense treatments, like I'm sure that is like petrifying to have to go in and lay on a hospital bed and know you're about to have brain surgery. Like I really can't imagine like what that feels like at your age and, you know, the amount of times that you've done that and all kinds of other things. Like, I mean, these are like really scary things. And for God in his kindness to like give you that sweet, cute, like fun sign that has been able to kind of like speak to you over the years and give you like a little feeling of like, hey, I'm here with you. I love that story. And I just think like we are really, really blind to a lot of the ways that God probably wants to use nature or use things in the world or people that speak to us to draw us back to him because we're just so busy and we're just like, for us, it would have to be like literally God smacking us in the face, I think, sometimes for us to feel like he's there with us, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that you have seen that sign and like, I don't know, I love how God's used it. Well, going back a little bit to what you said about, you know, like we talk to ourselves probably the most that we have this internal dialogue. And how would that look different if we actually were talking to God first before we were talking to ourselves? Like what if our actual dialogue did go back and forth with him? And what I love in your story and even like the little bit I've gotten to hear from you is that if it's this like bike in this keep going symbol or if it's like in all the ways that we have the Bible, we have literally his word to go back to and reference. We're like, you are so passionate about talking through even stories of like suffering in the Bible that you're like, I'm not alone. Like I may feel alone because I've met two other people in this entire world that have what I have. And like no one in my day to day knows my suffering, but like in the Bible, I can read about that and I can read about God's faithfulness. And I know that he is faithful and his promises are true to me even still. And I think that's so good because you're like, no, I can't get my truth from anywhere else. It all goes back to him and there is no other option. Right. I think what Samantha was saying is the, the verse that I love is like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yes. Like, Our church I sings believe. a song that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in you, but there's a lot of things. There's a lot of unknown variables. I feel like that's the unsung anthem of my life. Sometimes I'm like, I want to wake up after this surgery. I want to be able to see. I want to not be told a 10th time in my life that you're losing your vision and, you know, we'll see you on the other side, you know. And so, man, I just think that, like, also the realization that there are so many variables that are out of our control that we think that we can kind of, like, play God in, right? So what I mean by that is I'm saying... If I only do this, then I will achieve this. If I pray enough, then maybe I'll in return get this. If I am a good enough person, then maybe I'll receive this, right? Like we get in these like cause and effect clauses that we want to ask and one shall receive. But sometimes life's not transactional, right? <laughs> so sometimes like 
something hard for me about being a Christian sometimes and being at different various churches is like people have prayed their healing over me the entire life. I feel like my mom would bathe in holy water every day if she could. I probably would too. I'd like some sprinkles, like some of that, you know, but it's one of those things where sometimes our miracle is not physical. For me, it might not be the physical healing. I might not get there on the side of heaven. I'll try and tell people when I do share my story is like, sometimes I sit in that suffering and the pain. So to be able to look out at an audience and share with a group of friends, like I haven't received my healing, quote unquote, in the way that I thought I would, but he's healed me from the inside out. I know where I'm going after this. I know that one day I will storm in a body that is not riddled with pain. I try and use different descriptors to like realize that you're so young to walk through such painful things but you know what like I also get to say yeah but I know a love and a depth of father that many of y'all will probably never even get to experience because of me recognizing that I'm quite powerless without that faith that reminds me of the whole like one day in his presence is better than like a thousand elsewhere that you obviously have understood and get to experience the like greatness and in awe of just like being with our creator brings that you're like, no, that is beyond any pain that I could feel here. You know, I may never see what people hope or like what I hope for myself in my physical restoration here, but you're like, but that's in the shadow of how awesome and great a relationship with God is. I mean, that's like incredible. I want to like point this out before we kind of wrap up our conversation. Something that I've noticed about you and you've brought up multiple times in this conversation is just like when I met you, when I met you, you were in a mutual friend's wedding. Like I was there for the bride, you were a bridesmaid and then your other friend Steph. And I can tell that you have a really amazing community. And that's like on our podcast, like that is the number one thing. I We've said this over and over that we still get questions. Like when we say like, okay, as we're planning into 2023, what episodes do you want to hear? I mean, we have done countless like friendship and building community episodes. And that's like still what people are craving and struggling with and like needing. And like you were saying earlier, you have a lot of friends who are like married and having babies. And then it's just like such a weird transitional time for people. So I love the role that it sounds like your community has played in walking through this with you. So will you talk just like a little bit about what that's looked like for you and like why community has been so vital in your life with all of this? Yeah, I could not do it without my people. But let me tell you that it has been over, some of those friendships are over a decade of some of them looking you straight in the face and being like, there's something more going on here. And just being vulnerable from the start. The best way to, I think, build friendships with, and I'm going to speak on behalf of girls because I think like this is not something where I dive super deep into building these like intimate emotional relationships with guys. Like in my world of what I'm talking community is like girls. Like I have a group of probably up to 10 girls who I could call each and every one of them and they would pray for me and listen to me or let me cry on the phone or cheer me up. Like each one of them have served a huge purpose in helping me journey through this this fight for my health. But I would say that the one thing that I have learned through building healthy relationships is being real. Not the app. Being real. Like, <laughs> we uh, don't have be real yet. Yeah, but... I didn't even know what that was when someone was like, do you have a be real? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. 
Yeah. Yeah. But you got to be real. I mean, God created your emotions. And so if he created your emotions, he created them to be felt, to be experienced. He doesn't do anything by accident. We may not understand the reasons why, but he doesn't do it by accident. There's just this understanding that you got to, if you want to be a vessel and further the kingdom of God on, on this side of heaven, then you got to be real with your people. Again, they don't look like you. They may not believe the same things as you. They don't journey through the same pain as you, but you've got to be able to be open and honest because the greatest thing I've found that has been successful in my personal healing and in my relational healing is that grief goes hand in hand with healing. So as you lose things and as you walk through transitional things, you got to understand and be aware that things are changing around you, but the grief walks hand in hand with healing. And sometimes we, we want the blessing without being broken. We want the return, but we don't want to do the work to get there. And there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done. If you still have, you know, like I said earlier, you still got breath in your lungs. You still got work to do. He's not done with you yet, kids. You know, he's got big plans and He's got big plans for everyone that doesn't even, he calls everyone his child and some people don't even know that he's their father. And so if you have that mindset and you go into life thinking, if he can use me, he can use anyone because I'm physically broken a lot of days and he still wants to use me and he still can use me. He's still choosing you. Then you got to choose joy too. You got to find and choose joy in the chaos of all seasons of life, the holidays, are an immensely crazy, busy season of life. A lot of times we either go to one extreme of forgetting to love and support others because we're ourselves because we're so busy worrying about others. You've got to take care of yourself. You know, Christmas is crazy chaos. Thanksgiving is crazy chaos. But you got to sit there and find joy for yourself or you're going to get lost in the midst of it because he wants to build that inside of you. He gave you joy has a fruit of the spirit. He wants you to experience all of those things. The best thing that I can say to offer someone encouragement or a piece of advice and moving forward, facing adversity or something hard in their life is A, to keep going. You can't stop. And B, you have to have fun once a day. Your prescription for me, your unofficial prescription for me, I'm not a PA yet, is to have fun once a day. I don't care if that's doing having a dance party in the kitchen. I don't care if that's, you know, running up and down the street because you love to work out. Whatever it is, you got to find whatever's fun to do and do it once a day. Because life is way too short. Way too short. Oh, my gosh. So much wisdom, Anna. Yeah, that was awesome. My goodness. I feel like all of us, like, want to be your patient now. Like, do we need yeah. to all... Do we need you... to move to Columbus <laughs> yeah. or Nashville? Which yeah. one? Yeah. We'll move. Well, <laughs> we so appreciate, like I told Christian, you know, Christian, I had heard a lot of this. Like, I think we just sat at a wedding and talked for like three hours straight, like probably rude guests, but it was a little group of us because we we just had such a good time connecting with you. And after you kind of were voice memoing us the other day and like telling your story, Christian's like, like, wow, like her story is really impactful. I'm like, I told you, I'm like, this girl is awesome. And we're just like humbled that you would want to share with our audience. And I think no matter what a season of life or what hardships people 
I often think too, like someone could have a very smooth sailing life and you don't know what the future holds. And like, you don't know what God's preparing and building you up for now. I don't say that in like a scary way or to like fear the future. Actually the opposite of like, you know, the more I know Jesus, like I can stand firm in whatever's coming my way. And so I think that what you said today can speak to everyone and you're just like a, you're just a light and you're an encouragement. And when I like see your Instagram and see things you're doing, I'm like, it is so beyond evident that God's using you that it just, I don't know, I'm going to start crying, but it's really awesome to watch. And let me tell you, everyone, I mean, Anna sounds obviously amazing, but like just getting to talk to you the few times I have, this is not a show. You didn't script this out for this conversation. Like these are things that you just believe and you have to tell yourself over and over again in your day. And so let's be people that do the same. Let's be people that know the truth, that dive into the word, that build a relationship with Jesus because like he wants us, that he's always pursuing us and he's ready to just use you to glorify him and bring people to him. And so I just love that that is what you live and breathe, Anna. And it's seriously been a blessing to have you on. So thank thank you. you. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. I have learned to say yes to sharing my story because it's not about me. I don't want my name in lights. I don't even care if people know how to pronounce or say my last name. Just (laughs) say I do want people to know that they are seen, that they are heard, that they are loved. And to reach out if you want to share your story, if you need encouragement, if you just want someone to tell you that they see you, I can be that. I love humans. I love tiny humans. I love geriatric humans and everything in between. And I just love that Jesus gives us this insight into people's hearts and especially women to dive in and say, hey, let's go there and let's keep going there. Yeah. I love that. Well, we're going to post where people can find you on Instagram if they want to reach out and bombard your DMs. So we'll make sure to do that. Yes. Well, we Thank you so much, it. Anna. We really appreciate it. Love it. Love y'all. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.